0: Four seven seven fifty six hundred. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ five sixty.
2: All right, we are back. Last hour, myself, Charlie Grimes, of course, answering phones and doing our engineering, and Larry Younger is in here with me today when we're answering questions and let's get back to rob rob had a couple of comments and had some good stories there before we left the last hour rob you still with us yes nice thanks for hanging on my father
3: had a forgotten gm of the late 80s he had a chrysler caprice or chevy caprice chevy caprice yes it would not die it kept going and going those were good cars actually
2: those late 80s caprices were good cars
3: Really comfortable, and nobody remembers them at all. I was, nope. I was uh, looking at one of those stupid clickbait ads on the Internet that was saying, worst cars ever designed, and they're showing a Caprice, and going, you don't know what the hell you're talking oh, right. about. Those, those are good cars.
4: Go. Those are the smoothest riding cars? Yeah, they were good cars. So.
3: Really comfortable. Now, one of the things I would like said is, for, uh, first of all, again, if, they, if it, the, it, the additives are cheap. Put them in. Yes. Just put, and just go down to the flight. map app. just take the BGs off. Like coolant additive, good idea. Transmission additive, good idea. Gearbox additive, good idea. Just keep putting them in. It's cheap insurance, and yeah. the engine will be better for it, and BG will actually do something for you if your engine goes bad, if you can prove you use them. That's right. But the other thing is, if you own a modern car, even the modern ones, even the ones with all the plastic combings in it, every ta- four times a year, every, at the change of seasons, lift that hood and just look. Look at the engine. Mm-hmm. Look for a frayed belt. Look
5: mm-hmm. for antifreeze
3: lines spoiling around. Look Good for point. rotted uh, spark plug wires. Look for loose hoses. Just just reach down and touch the coal hoses on the cold car. See if they're loose. Yep. Look, and the, and the amount of suffering you can prevent by just looking and saying, something's not right in that engine. It, I've never seen that before. But if you can catch it before it ever makes the vehicle malfunction, you have saved yourself $500. Just look under that hood and get yep. used to doing it. Yep, best advice I can give you. That's for an old car like the Dart, which is 70 Dart, still going, serving my family for all these years. I've looked, I know that engine like the back of my hand. I'll know immediately if something's wrong with it.
6: That's a great Vanigan,
3: point. I look at it, look down at that, look all over it. Flashlights are good, your friend, good friend when you're doing that sort of thing. And the Saturn, I lift that hood and check it all the time. I'll know what happens before it just costs me a towing fee and a lot of other horrors. Yep. Just look at your gosh darn engine and get yep. to know it pretty well. You don't have to know what you're doing. Just, I didn't see that before, and yep. that's progress right there.
2: That's a great point.
3: Great show, guys. You're doing Thanks,
2: well. Thanks, Rob. No, appreciate you, man, very much. Thank you, and always a great caller. I appreciate you're listening and calling in from time to time. Max, out in Yuma. Max, how are you?
7: Well, good morning, John and Larry. Good morning. Good morning. By, golly, by golly, it's a beautiful day in Yuma. Nice. We're still hip deep in snow, but it's, it's a nice day. Yeah, we still day. have some here, too, and more coming. Yeah, I'm afraid you're right. I told Mother Nature we have enough now. We can stop for a while.
4: (laughs) Did did she listen? Yeah, did she listen? (laughs) That's a question.
7: Well, what I found out is Mother Nature is not a lady. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, Max. Good one. I I, I just wanted to tell you about a really underrated car that I'm driving right now, as a matter of fact. Okay. I. I still have my 2016 Toyota
2: Avalon. Those are great cars. Fabulous cars. The Avalon, period, Max, great car.
7: Yeah, I don't know why they're not uh, more popular than they are. I think it's because Toyota's done such a good job with the Camry.
2: Yeah, that, and, the, and and typically, you know, there's only about $5,000 difference between an Avalon and an ES Lexus, which they're essentially the same car. And I think what folks do is they look right. at an Avalon, then they'll go look at a Lexus, and if they can get the Lexus nameplate for about 5 k more, they'll go buy the Lexus. Where they've Where they've stood out on the Avalon is, and this is funny, but if you're somebody that likes to drive a really, really nice car, but you cannot afford to show off in a Lexus... You go buy the Avalon knowing that you still have a Lexus at the end of the day, and that's typically who the Avalon owners are. Not all Mac, but that's typically how that works.
7: John, you've just described me perfectly, <laughs>
2: I mean, you know the you know there's other folks like that you know there's can be a you know accountants, pastors of churches, you know you name it where you know hey they want to go buy a nice car, but they really can't be rolling into church in the Lexus because it may not give off the right image, but they can go buy an Avalon for five k less. It's essentially the same exact car. those are the buyers of avalons,
7: yeah, I think maybe too, John, you can go buy a Camry for. Five to ten thousand less, and get uh, the same reliability and everything except the camera is smaller than the Avalon. Yeah, the advantage, like the as you know, Max.
2: Yeah, advantage on the Avalon is there's just more interior room. It's more comfortable. Um, you know, you you end up with more trunk space and so on. And you know, again, those are the folks buying Avalons, of course.
7: Yeah. I can't believe how big the trunk is on this car. I could load that thing up with my golf clubs and suitcases and all kinds of stuff and still have room. No worries.
4: Yeah, you put three or four bodies. in there. That's right. It. <laughs> good stuff. No worries at all. Yeah. Good,
7: good car, Max. And the other nice thing about my Avalon, it's a hybrid. And uh, according to the mileage minder on the car, which is good from the day it rolled out the factory floor to today, I'm getting 41 miles a gallon.
2: Awesome. Can't Nothing beat wrong that. with that.
7: No. Nothing wrong with that at all. But my, yeah. The only problem I have with it, I uh, took my golfing partner for a ride in it last summer. He has a granddaughter who's uh, driving age, and he's looking for a car. Now he keeps pestering me all the time. He wants to buy my Avalon. <laughs> Of course. But my Avalon has one feature I can't part with. It's paid for.
2: Yeah. Yeah, can't argue that one, Max. Good for you.
7: Yeah. Well, I think that's all I had for no, you today. No, Max, John. appreciate
2: I- it, man. Thank you very much. And stay warm this week because it's going to get colder, so stay warm. I'll do it, man. All right. talk to you talk later. Talk to you soon, Max. Appreciate it very much. Let's go to Mark in Denver. Mark, you're next. Go ahead, sir.
0: Oh, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good.
2: What's up, Mark?
0: Well, i got a question for you. I'll make a comment about uh, Corvairs that nobody mentioned. Uh, I talk to you every year, John, about going to Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. I'll be up there. But they made 16 Yanko Stinger Yes, they did.
2: You're correct. Yes, they did.
0: And I saw them racing uh, year, last year a year before, and they were pretty competitive.
2: How do they keep the front ends on the ground? Wait...
0: Uh, probably lead pipes. Who knows? Okay. I mean, I looked at the engine. It it was supposedly 210 horse, but, um, you know, they were all white with blue stripes, but they were an interesting car.
2: Yeah. No, and not a bad, those weren't a bad looking car, actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were, that's about as far down the, uh, performance level you could get with the Yanko
5: Stingers.
2: Yanko Stinger Corvair. So basically, that was a car, for everybody listening, that's a car that Yanko, who was an upfitter, would take and do their work to it, just like they did the Yanko Chevelles and the Yanko Camaros and so on.
0: And we all know what the Yanko Chevelles
2: and Camaros sell for. Oh, a boatload. Jeez, Mark. Unbelievable. Well, you did, I don't know if you saw this, but there was an original ZL1 Camaro at Barrett Jackson, fully rotisserie restored, really, really nice car, $770,000 it brought.
0: But with, with, with just plain old hubcaps.
2: Just a plain old fancy. hubcap ZL1 car, which, amazing. I mean, I knew it was going to bring a lot of money, but I had no idea it would bring that much.
0: And that will go into some collection yep. to be stared at. That's yep, it. and
2: somebody will just look at it. That's exactly right.
0: Now, now I have a question on my 2003 towel. Yeah. And this is a, important because I trust your judgment. Uh, I've been putting some oil in this brand-new engine. Is it because the rings have not set? How
2: much are you putting in?
0: Well, I put in a quart in the first. I've had three oil changes. I've done three and 4,000 miles just because I'm anal like you are. Okay. But I'm pu- I am put in three quarters of a quart. I'm checking the oil uh, three or four times a week. It is stabilized, it's not using any oil. But is it common? For break in to use a little bit of oil. a little
2: bit on the front side, although with the late model rings and things we have today the break in isn 't what it used to be. I would just keep monitoring that, let the machine shop or whoever built the engine know as well, and I would just monitor that if it slows down and/ or stops, and of course we 're fine, but we want to monitor that, monitor that, and that engine, as you know shouldn 't be really using any oil between oil changes I mean it'll use some, but it you should not be using you know, a quart or three-quarters of a quart of oil in that short of a time frame?
0: Well, this engine is not rebuilt. This is a 2004 5.3 liter they found on the shelf in California at a GM dealership. Ah, okay, sorry, four- I
2: forgot that. Yes, yeah, sorry. that. So that was a new engine you found?
0: Brand new and full factory warranty, but, you know, I don't want to have to deal with the with, uh, with General Motors. I mean, I want to take care of it, but just was concerned that basically an engine sitting for a while. I mean it runs great, but I guess I'll just keep monitoring it and watching it and go from there.
2: Yeah, so I would just do the same. That's what yeah, just just watch it. Just just make sure that it slows down, that's all.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Yanko Stinger Corvairs. talk about I don't think they're worth much. I don't know.
2: I don't either. I you pretty know that's rare. a car you don't even hear much about. Is there any left? Yeah, pretty rare. Other than the ones you saw? Uh,
0: there's 16 made and 14 of them were racing. That's why I keep pleading okay. with you to go to Road America someday. Because yeah, it's on my
2: bucket list. I need to do. That's another one I need to do.
0: That's it's called sensory overload.
2: It. it yeah, I can imagine. Yes, I, I mean, can they're, imagine.
0: They're, they come from. They come from all over the world. I mean, they're racing real cobras, and they have three or four of them in a the trailer, and they're real.
2: Nice. Nice.
0: These guys that are up there have some pretty deep pockets.
2: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's nice. Very cool.
0: Yep. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Mark, as always, thank you, man. Appreciate
2: it. Stay warm this week. Tom and hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio,
8: KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, Southern Wyoming, and Western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts.
9: You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium, while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Leuenberger with American National Insurance now at 303 That's 303
10: It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com.
11: Did you know that the dental health of your pet is extremely important? Your pet can also get periodontal disease, and it's one of the most common clinical conditions seen by the veterinarians at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. This may come as a surprise, but most adult dogs and cats show some signs of the disease by the time they reach three years of age. If left untreated, pet dental disease can also lead to pain, tooth loss, infection, and even damage to the vital organs such as heart, liver, and kidneys. Your pet's dental health is important to Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. In recognition of National Pet Dental Health Month, which is observed every February, we're placing the spotlight on periodontal disease and what pet owners can do to prevent and treat this serious condition. Call today and schedule your pet's exam. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. You can also visit Lawntreevet.com.
2: All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ
12: 560. Myself,
2: Larry Unger. Tom in Nebraska, you're next. Go ahead, Tom.
12: Hey, thanks. Great show, guys. Hey, I've got a couple questions about a vehicle I just purchased. Sure. I've got a 2000, 2013 Chevy Crew Cab, one-ton dually with a 6.2 liter in it. Um, it's got 114,000 miles on it, and it's a service truck, like I said, service body on it that I'll be using on the farm here. And I'm just kind of wondering, I guess, first off, are there any things that I should be doing or looking out for on that vehicle with those, those miles off on it, I guess, first off? Do you, do you have any of the maintenance records on it up to this point? Very very few. It runs and dries great. It's been very well taken care of, but because the previous owner passed away, um, I just I don't have anything written down. So I'm obviously going to change, you know, every fluid in yep. the vehicle. Uh, great. Yeah, as long
2: as you yep. that was what I was gonna recommend. Just just have a starting point on all fluids. I mean, as you know everything. Go, you know, go, you know, front to back on fluids and have a nice starting point now. Outside of that, Tom, good truck, no. I mean, that thing will run and run and run. There's really nothing else you need to worry about.
12: As far as the BG products, like the – I use the 44K and the other vehicles Mm -hmm. that I have. But as far as the MOA and the EPR, is that something that I should – At this point, I'd probably
2: do an EPR on the next oil change just because, again, get a nice starting point with it. Uh, As far as the rest of it, use at your own discretion. You do not have to do EPR at every oil change on that engine. If you did it, I don't know, every couple of years you'd be okay. It's not something that has to be done every single oil change on that particular Uh, Engine, as I said a moment ago, Uh, as far as MOA 44K, you know, if you've been using it, keep doing it. I'm not going to tell you to change anything along those lines. That's not a direct injection engine where you've got the carbon buildup and worries that you have on a regular on a direct injection engine. So in that in that particular engine, just do your normal maintenance, you'll be fine.
12: Okay, I was wondering about that as far as the MOA, and then I guess the the last thing is that um, when I brought it home, I was going to put fuel in it. Showed about a half half tank. Um, I was going to fill it up. It's got, you know, it's got two tanks on it. Of course, I'm coming from an 88 Chevy one ton with two tanks that has, you know, a switch. And I started to put fuel in the first, the front tank, and it showed that it was already full. And then so I put fuel in the back tank, which took the fuel. And I'm wondering, there's no switch in there. Is that, does that automatically just fill the front tank from the real Tank as needed, or how does that system work?
2: No idea. That's something aftermarket. Somebody installed that truck, did not come with dual tanks, so somebody added that. And I, the only to my knowledge, uh, again, you can't run two tanks because of the evap system and the emissions and so on. So that's a system whereby the back tank is delivering. Fuel to the saddle tank that was there from the get-go. How they did that, Tom? You'll have to look. You you'll, you know you have to look and see if that's something they did automatically or if if there's a hidden switch someplace or something. That I don't know because that was not factory.
12: Okay, that I just didn't know what the setup was typically on a one ton like like that. But it does. It definitely will take gas in two, two openings there, and I'm just not quite sure how that's... Cause the most flight, likely
2: most likely they've put a switch that's hidden or something on it because i don't know how i mean unless they've got a fancy wiring system where they're watching a you know the level on the main tank knowing if it drops below a certain level it then turns on the switch automatically to fill most of those are done on a manual basis
4: yeah i don't know okay. if anything is electronic
2: i mean you you could do it but you I mean it would it would be You'd have to have a sophisticated system to know when the level is a certain point we're going to go ahead and fill. Normally, guys just watch the gauge when they know it's down to quarter half tank whatever they know they can fill from the back tank to the front and and in most cases what guys would normally do is only fill the back tank nor you know knowing you're going to fill the front off of that anyways that's typically what guys would do but again he teaches on you can leave the back tank full all the time and fill the middle tank or fill the front tank as needed as well doesn't matter how you do it but i'm guessing there's a manual switch someplace on that truck
12: Okay, I haven't. I I looked, but I I did a little bit of research on the internet, and I did find something about some kind of a system that you that uh, you can automatically fills the front tank, keeps it full. So I just thought, well, maybe that. And a, it could be. And, and again, you. Yeah. That's
2: oh. one of those areas where. Uh, there's not a lot of dual tank systems running around anymore because of the emission side of the uh, of the fence. Okay. And I'm guessing they're filling that right through the fill neck is most likely what they've done. Or they put a – they'd have to because otherwise it screws up the EVAP because your containment system starts to get – too big for the original EVAP system. So somewhere it's got some sort of a valve that's filling the main tank, but yet shutting the hose that goes to the other tank off, or it's going to mess up the whole EVAP system, turn a check engine light on and so on. Or they've figured out a way to program around all of that. So if they've got it filling automatically, they've, They've done something that, uh, again, that that's something, Tom, I've not right. seen because it's just not that popular anymore to do it. Back in the day, we did that a lot. We'd add different tanks. We'd add even bigger diesel tanks and so on. Uh, even a lot of that has gone away because the new trucks are coming with enough capacity that's just not as big a deal as it used right. to
12: be. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. And, of course, this this is a vehicle that originally came from the factory with a long bed on it, and then it's had a... Or a a flatbed probably on it and then this utility bed was added
2: there you added go added
12: later and I, okay. I just don't know what they did with tanks so anyway well that kind of gives me a, some background there on how that how that's set up so okay thanks a lot you guys have no you're care. very
2: welcome tom thank you appreciate the phone call and yeah and if you find out tom anyways what that ends up being the system and so on you know throw it our way i'd you know really just kind of love to know what it is so feel free to do that and you're next go ahead
13: Hey, first, I, I had two things. First of all, I want to say you're helping so many people all over. How do people call in from out of state?
2: They listen I mean, online, and in some cases it's people that have either lived here or they've passed through. Or you know, Our signal actually goes, on, especially on a day like today with the way the, the clouds look, our, our signal will go all the way to North Platte, Nebraska, and on up to Casper, Wyoming, and around. So it's pretty, pretty long right now.
13: Okay, otherwise they tune in to 510, I mean KLZ 5, 560 or, or They what, use how would the they KLZ
2: do? Radio app.
13: Yep. Oh, I see. Okay. I just want the other folks to know about it too.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Six no, six yeah, six for, yeah, thank you, and For everybody listening, you can use the, the KLZ Radio app. You can also go right to the website, KLZ Radio, listen there. And you can go to drive-radio.com and listen online there as well. So, any one of those three ways, they can listen online.
13: Okay, you're such a fast talker. I hope they got that, okay?
2: Appreciate
5: it. No, <laughs> and, way,
2: for all of you listening, spelled out right on the website. If you just go to drive-radio.com, all of what I just said is spelled out there.
13: Cool. Hey, what I'm calling about is, again, um, I, I called in a few months ago about this. Um, I've been to three um, repair um, garages, and it's about a 2005 Lincoln Town car which I love. Mm -hmm, Great car. It's a very low mileage car. I mean, it's only got about 100,000 miles on it. Anyway, um, it's about the noise that does not appear when um, I take it to the garages. And I thought it was somebody, one of the garages said that it was a skid plate um, uh, problem, that, that something was banging, the engine was banging on the skid plate. So... I haven't had it lifted so that people look at it underneath for it, but um, it, it, it sounds like, but it isn't because it runs so well. It sounds like a rod is knocking when I'm, I'm just idling. After I started the car, sometimes it makes that sound. Is, can you figure that one out, what, you know, to do?
4: I might be considering uh, engine mount, possibly.
13: Oh, uh-huh. Okay.
4: Just letting the um, engine rust down on, on the uh, skid plate.
13: Oh, because I had somebody look at the skid plate. We he, he went into the car, and he said, there's anything wrong with the skid plate.
4: Well, the skid plate may not be loose, but the engine could be, especially if the mount's... And then
2: hitting the skid plate.
4: Yeah.
13: yeah. Oh, oh. But why would it run so well when I'm, when I'm going 60 miles an hour, 70?
2: 80. You don't have the same vibrations and harmonics happening at that time as you do when you're just sitting there, in? It okay. changes. And the
13: engine okay. torque okay. is
2: a little bit yeah. different. Yeah, everything changes. Yeah. That's right. So,
13: so, so how are they going to test for it? What are they going to do? I mean, it's like, well, I've got to go in for a $200 diagnostic. Well, I don't really think so. I think somebody who knows about these things can, can press on certain things or look at certain things that, that say, oh, this is what the problem is. And you know, then we know where to go.
4: Well, they're still going to have to get it up in the air or get underneath it some way.
13: Okay, and and they're going to are they going to like pull on something or
2: they could yeah and they've got we've got the ability with you know pry bars and things like that to check engine mounts and so on and they can right. do all that Ann that's pretty simple
13: okay okay that's all I need to check them check for that yep. okay yep. okay thanks a lot you're
2: very welcome Ann no thank you very much have a, have a great rest of your Saturday and thanks for calling Craig and Wheatridge, Bill and Leadville hang tight we'll be right back guys this is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty.
11: We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference.
8: At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa. Get the good stuff.
14: Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With a 321 buy-down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913 the third, and the remaining years at 6.913 with an APR of 6.985. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over 748 a month less the first year, 511 the second, 262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take AIM, 720 500 3-to-1 buy-downs available up to 95% loan-to-value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720 500 Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720 500 80% LTV, 30-year fixed. 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of 1116, NMLS 298191, and rates subject to change.
15: Have
2: you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out of the norm vehicle? All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Yeah, worldwide vintage autos. You just heard me talking about them a moment ago. If you've got an older car you'd like to have help getting rid of, they can do that for you. Or if you're looking for a nice, drivable, classic car, they've got an array, literally acres, if you would, on-site, indoors, that you can go look at. And it's quite a facility, so if you get a chance to go by there, even just to have a peek around, do so, and let them you know you listen to the program, uh, they would greatly appreciate that. Bill, up in Leadville, what's up, sir?
1: Yes, yeah, I have a question. I have a 20, uh, I guess, 15 Chevy, 50, uh, you know, Silverado, half ton. Okay. And is there any way to put a longer bed, you know, to go from a short bed to their standard bed on that frame?
2: No. Nope, there is not. Oh, okay. Never has okay. been and you know in fact that goes all the way back into even the early years if you had a short box you had a short box if you had a long box and wanted a short box there's some kits out there that will yes. take a you know long box and convert it into a short box cut the frame and so on but no no way to make a short box into a long box. No,
1: no, no. You're missing the point. Take the short box off, throw it out and buy a, you
2: know. No. A long, That's what uh, I'm saying. Different. No, there is right. no the the wheelbase change, you know, the everything is different on a long box. It's not just the length of the box, it's the wheelbase of the truck yeah. and all that changes, Bill.
4: And you'd have to modify the frame, which is
2: Correct. Not going to happen. No. You you're and uh-huh. for even if that was available, you would be better off selling that truck and buying a long box truck right. as opposed to doing what I just said.
1: Nah, I wouldn't because uh, I don't have any mileage on the truck. Are you, just, are
2: you just trying to figure out a way to haul more in it, Bill, and that kind of stuff?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I haul a trailer generally because of the shortness of it. But, you know, sometimes that's not convenient.
2: Yeah, Because they do make, and I don't know if you've seen these, but they do make devices whereby... You can lower the tailgate down and put a protective cover on it, and then you can, because the rocks and stuff will tear up the tailgate if you're not careful, but they make a protective cover, and then they make like this kind of a basket array that hooks into the hinges where the, the tailgate itself is, and you can extend the bed out to the length of the tailgate.
1: Right, but you still can't put it on a 4 eight sheet of
2: anything. You, right? you, you, you can, but it's going to hang over, as you know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, with that extension. With I the know.
2: extension, you would, you would fit inside there. You'd be okay. Oh,
1: so the ha- the extension hangs out beyond the tailgate,
2: just a little bit, not much, but just a teeny oh. bit. Oh,
1: okay, okay. Well, I'll look that so up. So if that you yeah. know if that
2: would maybe suffice, and you've got low miles on, and don't want to do a a truck swap around, yeah that that would that would be a fix. Yeah.
1: Okay. Who makes
2: those? If you oh. You know, top of my head, there's there's numerous aftermarket companies that make them. It's called a bed extender. Just look up bed extender on Google, you'll find one.
1: Okay, great. Thank
15: you. Sir. You're
2: very Bye. welcome, Bill. No, and good question. I don't know if I've ever had that question before. Uh, Craig and Wheatridge, what's going on?
15: Hey, John. How, how are you doing? You? Uh, all right, how are you? I'm good. Lovely day, after. A um, couple things with a couple of your sponsors. I, I actually wanted to go down and look at one of the vehicles at Worldwide Vintage Autos, but they're not open Saturdays.
2: No, they. Well, some they are during the summer months. They are winter months. No.
15: And then with Napa, um, I'm one of those people who likes to get my hands dirty. I change my own oil in my vehicles. Of course, you've got the the used oil you've got to recycle. Right. Uh, some of the Napa stores don't accept that oil
2: no some don't and now all of our shops do but some of the stores do not that is correct
15: okay and then something that i see become more and more prevalent these people with the rooftop tents either on their trucks yep. or their suv uh,
2: tacomas mostly
15: <laughs> yeah along with the snorkel uh-huh. <laughs> but what do you think of that i mean some of these suvs look a little smallish to be Supporting the weight of maybe two adults. They are. Camp the
2: roof. I think think they are, Craig. I mean, it's just my own personal opinion. These are guys that, you know, kind of that overland community, if you would. Now, how many of those folks are actually using it that way versus, you know, sleeping in it twice a year? I mean, I don't know, and I'm not here to judge who's done what to their truck to each his own. But I look at some of those trucks and some of the gear that these guys have got strapped all over, and I can tell you, unless they've done something suspension-wise to the back of that truck, they're overloaded.
15: Or how about the drivetrain? Because, you know, the, I drove a, uh, I've never really driven a, a newer Forerunner, And I took the time a couple Saturdays ago to drive one. Okay. I was not at all impressed by the power. And I, th- I found the transmission to be, because I always, when I go on a, a test drive, I shut off the radio. I, w- I want to hear the yeah, engine. Agree. I agree. Yeah, that's a great way know, of doing transmission. it. Yeah. And, and the transmission was even kind of whiny.
2: I they are no they mercy. are a little bit yeah that that and again we've we've reviewed that I actually did a review on that car I don't know just a few weeks ago Richard had one of the TRD versions and you know while it's a really great car it's a staple you see tons of them running around I personally would not own one because I feel like they're very very underpowered now I'm unique because they still sell a lot of them and a lot of guys like them I also don't like and I'll get your opinion of this Craig I think they drive very. Truckish, and and maybe I'm using that word in the wrong way, but a Toyota 4Runner or Tacoma drives as heavy as my 3,500 Ram diesels do. In fact, I think my Ram diesels have a lighter feel to the steering than a Tacoma or a 4Runner does. I'll be straight up honest, Craig, I don't know how they sell as many as they do because I am not a fan of that vehicle at all.
15: Well, yeah, it's it's a body on frame. It is a truck frame, correct? It is. Okay, I've got an F-150, you know, truck frame. It's quite a bit larger than a a Tacoma, but I've got the V6 twin-turbo EcoBoost, and I I dare one of those guys race me from a stoplight.
2: Well, and also, I will tell you, your F-150 will drive and feel, quote-unquote, lighter than that Tacoma or 4Runner does, which, again, I don't understand, number one, why Toyota can't make that feel different than it does, why they have to feel so heavy, and I just drove a... Uh, four-door uh, Tacoma not long ago just a few weeks ago and so I, I'm saying this from experience in the not-too-distant past I mean I I can hop out of that truck hop into my ZR2 Colorado my 2020 Colorado and my Colorado feels much lighter than the Tacoma even though they're very similar
15: yeah I've, I've driven a Colorado as well the only thing I was concerned about uh, was maybe the power because needing to tow something over the passes you know that that old saying, are you going to tow east or are you going to tow west? Right. You know, and, and th- that's why we got the F-150. Right. And we actually have the option of going to, you know, a, a larger camper than we are now. But, um, yeah,
5: I just... The, the I, again, I,
2: you know, I'm not just, trying to badmouth, you know, either one of them to each his own. I just... I. I I struggle with, and I know why they sell them, because it's a Toyota badge. They've got longevity. It's a great vehicle. They'll last forever. The resale value is high. Those are all of the reasons they sell it. But trust me, there are better vehicles to buy that I feel are much more comfortable and easier to to drive, and you can do just as much with it as you can that vehicle. And and it, anyways, just just my opinion. I'm not trying to badmouth Tacomas or Forerunners, but I, I often wonder, are they only— are they only sold because of their name and what other people say about them? Or are people really doing their research before they buy it?
15: Well, you know, a, a vehicle that I drove last Saturday, and not because I drove to the dealership mm-hmm. for that, but I was getting a new battery, is the the new Ford Bronco with the 2.3 EcoBoost 4 with the 6-speed manual, the, the short wheelbase 2-door. Mm-hmm. I loved having that 6-speed manual on that thing. It's like, you know, it was kind of like... the The good old days of having a a manual transmission, and and it even had a a rock crawler. They called it a seven-speed transmission, one of those gears being a C, which I had to ask, what does that mean? That's crawler mode. Right. And then I watched some videos of the off-road capability of those, and it's pretty impressive. It is, right. I'm
2: going to actually test drive one of those next week. I've got the Raptor version of that that I'll be driving next weekend, so I'm interested to see how well that works.
15: But boy, talk about expensive again, and that that was another question I was going to ask you. am I is it just because you know I've been around a while and it just seems like the price of vehicles have suddenly
5: just gotten.
15: Oh
2: they, they jumped expensive. up probably 10 to 15 percent almost overnight, Craig. You're, you're not noticing that that's a that, that is a fact, yes, they have.
15: And, you know, that that old adage about, okay, you know, well, back in the 60s, cars only cost five grand but people were only making $8 an hour. Today they're making whatever per hour. So, you know, the cost of owning a vehicle based upon your your salary, you know, they say things are usually pretty commensurate. But to me it seems like have wages kept up with the price of the vehicle, especially when you go into the electric uh, vehicle category.
2: No, they they have not. No, to your point. No, they have not.
15: Yeah, so and that's why
2: you know in a lot of the in a lot of cases you're seeing people with, you know, 7, 8 I I don't think I'm going to be wrong in saying this. I would say in the not too distant future, you'll see 10-year loans on cars. There are already 8 in some places. You're going to see sure. it go to 10 in the not too distant future. It's the only way people are ever going to be afforded to buy them.
15: Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Just uh, but boy, do they do they even own the vehicle for that length of time, or have they traded it? No, they'll be trading
2: it out? off, and hopefully they won't be upside down, or they're going to be in a world of hurt.
15: Oh, and then something that I had heard one of the local credit unions on an auto-related subject—they were offering um what, what they call automobile equity loans, giving you loans based on the equity that you have in your automobile. <laughs> Okie
2: okay, dokie. Okay. Well. That's what that's kind of what a title loan is. When you go down to one of the, you know, buy here or you know, one of the uh, you know get cash fast places, that's kind of what they do. Only they're doing it based on the title itself, not just the equity. So basically, you're taking out a second mortgage on your car.
15: Exactly, like you would on your home. But it's a depreciating item. No thanks. That sounds a little a little risky.
2: It's very risky. I would not do that.
4: Good, Good way to lose your
15: car.
2: I agree.
4: Same reason why people lost their cars when they did the uh, lease programs.
2: Yeah, I, I would not go down that path at all.
4: Well, thanks, John. Thanks Thank you, trying.
2: Craig. No, appreciate it very much. Uh, <laughs> Conrad, I'll squeeze you in here before we go to break because we've got one last break is all. Kelly, you'll be up right after the break. Conrad, what's up?
5: Hey, uh car I had that was underappreciated, a 1980 Ford door Ford LTD, uh 351 Windsor. Oh, yeah. It was a great car.
2: Oh, Yeah fabulous it was
5: a great car yep I, I i traded that in when i bought my dad's jimmy but anyway i wanted to ask you about the 44k is that something that i should continuously be putting in my two pickups or just every so often
2: uh how many miles a year are you driving conrad
5: oh man i probably at, at least uh 30 to 40 with with forty thousand with the uh ford f-150
2: if you're driving that much, yeah, I'd probably do four times a year. That I mean, I would yep. do it about every seven to 10,000 miles.
5: Okay. And then then the, the 3,500 GMC, I'm not driving that nearly as much. Nah,
2: so once a year on a year. it would be enough, and it's an older vehicle. The, you know, in fact, on the Ford, I would probably even go more often on the Ford, knowing it's a direct injection on the EcoBoost side.
5: That's not an EcoBoost. Well, it's a... Uh, it's a five four liter. Oh, it's an older uh, one. Driving. Oh, yeah, then, yeah, then
2: yeah, then my first answer. Sorry, I thought for some reason I thought you were driving an EcoBoost. No, no, it's
5: it's a 5.4 liter. Yeah, liters. no, you're fine it's then. Two thousand ten. No, you're fine.
2: Two thousand ten. Yeah, we, you know, you're fine with what four I said originally. Yeah, three four, four times, times a, year, a year, you'd be fine.
5: Yep. You don't need to do every tank, the, not the, by any
2: stretch of the imagination. So just do that.
5: The, the Torino, of course, wouldn't even use it at all. No,
2: no, nah. nah. don't need it at all.
5: All right. Well, you guys take care. Conrad, you too, man.
2: Have a great weekend, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, Bob, Kelly, hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
8: At NAPA, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every NAPA part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 NAPA auto parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com
16: for a location nearest you. Napa. Get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887 720-394-6887 720-394-6887 720-394-6887 Call Michael Bailey, the Mobile Estate Planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to champ.
8: Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day. The birth of a child. An oil change. Wait, what?
2: All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ56. You got a text message a moment ago, too, that said the temperature this coming Thursday morning, some people are predicting 20 below zero. Now, I've seen it to be somewhere around 3 to 5 below, and as this texture is saying, things can change between now and then. But, yeah, if it's going to be that cold... You better be checking even some of the things Rob from Centennial said earlier. Under the hood, coolant, all those different things. Make sure that you are dialed and ready to go. You guys that have diesels, if you've got the ability to plug in, you need to be doing that. And don't forget, put some fuel additive in your diesel truck. If in fact it gets that cold, you're going to need it in your diesel vehicle. So be paying attention and watch that. And uh, I'll be le- I'll be mentioning that during my daily show from three to seven here. If you want to listen in on that, I'll be keeping that uh, you know, keeping you abreast because we watch that very, very closely. Kelly, you're next.
10: Good afternoon. Hello, Kelly. Hey, hey uh, the underappreciated car that nobody likes but me was my 97 Volkswagen Passat with a TDI. And oh, those are great cars. I got 50 miles to the gallon. Um, I was loved it so much that I was going to keep it forever. I said, I, before I keep it forever, I'm going to try and sell it for three times what it's worth. And this is about in 05 when when price of gas went to something like $2 a gallon or right. something. And I said, I'm going to try to sell this thing, see what I'd get out of it. Somebody, It was worth $3,500 in like '05, uh, and I sold it for $8,000. And I took the money and ran. No, I think and, I would have as well. Great vehicle, though, for those, <laughs> those yeah.
2: old VW diesels. Man, they would run and run and run, as you know.
10: They go forever. Yep. There's a little some little niggly things on it that were that were not so great on that car, but otherwise was great. Um, but I wanted to ask you about the uh, what you think of this new 3-liter Chevy. By the way, that car that I had before gave me a love for diesel that I've, I've never gotten over. Yeah. Um, and I was curious what you thought about this new 3-liter uh, Chevy diesel where they put the oil... Uh, pump is run by a belt, you have to take the transmission off and change. What's your feelings on that one? Uh, Great vehicle.
2: I love it. In fact, I'll review one of those. I just drove a a full-bore crew cab, uh, one of the new Denali Ultimate trucks with a 3-liter diesel. I'll review that for everybody on Monday. Um, In the meantime, though, my son owns one. Now, as far as what you just said, yes, that is one of the downsides to that vehicle. It'll be a maintenance issue that you're going to have to deal with on down the road. I think for a lot of folks, it comes down to how long are you planning on owning that vehicle? Most, as we know, will own that vehicle for anywhere from probably, you know, three to five years, and then they'll be into something else after that. If that's you, yeah, that vehicle would work all day long. If that's a vehicle you're going to keep for its life, then that's one of the things you need to make note of, Kelly, is what you just said, that will be a maintenance item on down the road.
10: Okay. It sounds like a big – it sounds like a mistake to me, but –
2: I don't know that I would have built it that way, but again, I'm not an engine designer. I didn't design the engine. I mean, I will give them credit where credit's due. The thing is quiet. It works well. It's got good low-end power. About the only complaint that I have on that vehicle is if you're... And I know it's going to sound odd to people, but if you're driving 60 miles an hour and you need to really get on it and pass somebody, the top end power on that particular diesel, there just isn't any. I mean, you better make sure you've got plenty of room to make that pass because it just doesn't have the power that, say, the 6.2 liter engine would have. Now, from zero to 60 or 70, you know, all the way up through the power band, that vehicle, that engine works extremely well. You just have to remember that if, you've, if you're if you looking to do something in that high end power band. It just isn't there. But I drove that that truck all the way to Breckenridge and back a couple of weeks ago, and vehicle going up I-70. I mean, Kelly, that thing just hauls again. My son's got a Suburban in one. It works It works great. No complaints.
10: Well, that's great. Uh, is there? A, are you getting to the point at all now where you think that maybe a gas engine might be a better way to go than a diesel?
2: No. Or are you still I'm a diesel? still a diesel guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a, I have a, I totally a Chevy Colorado with a 2.8 liter you know, diesel in it, the four-cylinder diesel. And so, yeah, if, and, and they're not doing that in the new Colorado, which to me is a disappointment. I wish they still were, but they're not.
10: That is, that and a manual transmission. I
2: right. wish I, I wish mine had a manual. I'd own it if it did.
10: Yeah. Uh, thank you. Great show. No,
2: thank you, Kelly. Time. And by the way, great questions. And, and I will review that truck on Monday. My son and I both will because he drove it as well, so we'll get his opinion on it. But we'll do that on Monday at about 4.30. I don't know, four forty-five or so. Uh, Bob in Colorado Springs, you're next.
9: Hey,
6: John, how you doing? Good, Thank sir. You so much for taking my call again. Yeah, I just want to give you an update on that Chevy Silverado's a windshield. Yeah. I was talking you yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I tried calling you last week, but that was a repeat. So yes. Anyway, John, I, I took, I did the cotton test like you asked me to. I did the razor blade, nothing, nothing. So I said, well, I'm just taking it down there. So I went down, and a guy. Just walks out there and rubs it. Said, "Yeah, you got sandblasted." So he goes, um, "Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it around and we'll put another windshield in for you." So that was great. He did that, but he still insisted it was, you know, something that on the road. But like I said, it was only a year old. It's the whole windshield. So anyway, I got another one in and I took it. I, t- I brought it home, and uh, we had to go to the store. And my wife noticed those little spots on the brand new one, and then down at the bottom left hand corner, I noticed a. Uh, Look like cracks, two cracks, and so, but they weren't cracks, but they were horrible scratches. Hmm. So uh, I put my finger on it. At first, I thought it was maybe they got glue on it or something. and I wiped them off. it off. was still the glass in it. And so I took it back down there, and they took it back out, and they put another one in there, and I got that one in there right now. So nice. I just want to let Good you. Good know. job. We'll see. We'll, we'll see at these points. Okay. We yeah, have the cotton test, all that. But John, another quick question. Yes. Okay. You got a minute? Yes. Okay. John, if I lift the front of that up, you know, I can crank that Silverado up three inches. Would that help from this, what they call, sandblasting?
2: No, won't change anything. No. might actually make it worse.
6: Okay, well, well, my wife will be glad to hear that. She don't yep. want me to raise it up. Yeah, not okay, going to change one, anything. quick one, John. Uh, my engine in the mornings when it's super, super cold, freezing cold, uh, and I keep this truck in the garage all the time when I start it up, it kind of like when I back it out. It just sits there and breathes for a little bit. It, that's like, normal. goes up and goes
1: down. That's Is normal. Is that okay? Yeah, that's normal. Okay.
2: Yep. Okay. You're in good shape. No, Bob, thank you very much. Let's get the last two calls in. I'll squeeze them in. John and Littleton, go ahead.
1: Yeah, hi, John. I come out of my car. I got a 2006 Ford uh, <coughs> uh,
5: 500
1: CBT and a 360 Durant. In fact, great car, a big car. It looks like yeah, it's always been in the garage, and... Uh, you know, it kind of looks like a, one of Mercedes, uh, it must be some European influence in it, but it kind of looks like a Mercedes. Uh,
2: yeah, they had some out. at that time, yes.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, another comment I got is about the wrecks and uh, truck driver wrecks in uh, Glenwood Canyon. I mean, yeah. it costs millions of dollars a day yep. to have one of these wrecks. These guys are just, uh, a couple of comments I got on that. Uh, recently, I was went through Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs, uh has a 55 mile limit or speed limit through city there, and the trucks right lane only. And I don't—it must be something they just did in the city itself. But I, I was surprised when I went through there; all the trucks were lined up hmm. in the right lane. Interesting. All the passenger cars were going on the left. You know. Hmm.
2: That's interesting. That's I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, that's where it's in hmm. California too, and it doesn't hurt commerce or anything else. But no. Over here, over here in Glenwood Canyon. I know you ain't got much time, but over here in Glenwood Canyon. Uh, Officer Cutler, you know he's a highway patrol. You're on TV once in a while. He says they're going to uh, start uh, letting them drive in the left lane, and they're going to uh, speed control them. And I don't know why they're doing that.
2: I don't either. I mean, I've
1: been a truck, I've been a truck driver myself. But these guys are just running through there too fast. Agree. They get somebody in front of them. They try to stop. They jackknife, and they're over the side. Agree. Uh, my suggestion would be uh, 55 mph speed limit only. Trucks only right lane, and put some license plate readers up there. And any truck that goes through there over the speed limit, he gets his license plate read, and he gets a ticket or he gets a warning. You know, I mean, this isn't this is not impinging on anybody's rights. What those truck drivers are doing, they're wrecking these trucks. It costs millions of dollars a day. Impinging on my rights, your rights, all the people that live there, all the commerce that goes through there, everything else.
2: I can't disagree.
1: I don't know why this can't be
2: done. I agree. John, I'm going to let you go with that. I, I can't disagree with anything he just said. Jerry, i got 30 seconds. Go for it.
7: Yeah, the, the lady that called in with the Lincoln Continental, I bet she has a baffle in the muffler or exhaust system that's rattling. That could be, be too. Good,
2: Yeah, good one, Jerry. Could very well be. Yep, good one.
7: And then last week you had a caller call in that driving by semis, it's uh, cutting out the radio. I oh, have yes, from all of, of
2: the—that's all the electronics on the semi.
7: Yeah, there's something that's just—it's yep. it's like um, non-resistive spark plug wires. You know, that's high right. Performance cars. It that's right. Radio out. But you, you said you hadn't heard from it. And then, as far as Chevy Silverados, I can't believe Chevy would quit making gas engines and. 2030, but... Uh, I, well, I don't it.
2: think they're going to. They just fired up uh, some new engine plants, so Jerry, I'll let you go with that, but no, they're not going anywhere. You're going to see gas engines in Chevrolet trucks for quite some time. With that, guys, we're going to get out of here. If you're listening on Sunday, thank you very much. We appreciate that as well. Don't forget, we're here every Saturday from 10 to 1, and we replay on Sundays from 11 to 2. Myself, Larry Unger, Charlie Grimes, signing off. Have a great weekend. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
0: Still haven't had enough.